Welcome to the Weekly Workplace Podcast, your hub for leveling up your workplace skills with a journey to success that's anything but boring. Get ready to ditch the dull and dive into the dynamic. Imagine high fives and fist bumps for triumphing over frontline challenges and confetti cannons for nailing your leadership goals. Our episodes feature interviews with industry game changers, spicy tips from trailblazing pros, and mind-blowing techniques to turn you into the office superhero you were meant to be. So, whether you're rocking the cubicle life or leading from the corner office, grab your cape and get ready to soar to new heights with the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Picking up from last week, here with you again today. Hello. Hello, we're back. We are back. We are back. Uh, 30 minutes is never enough time to get through the amount of content. <laughs> never. We <laughs> well, we, we enjoy talking about this stuff, so we can sit here probably and talk about it all day if we wanted to. Absolutely. Absolutely we could. And, and we always want to invite our listeners, so wherever you are joining in from, listening from, please join us in this conversation. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have feedback or different topic yeah. ideas. Challenges. Yes. I mean, you know. Absolutely. We love. I remember we had one person who we were working on an interview with who wanted to challenge some of our things. Yep. I was like, please do. I yep. love it. I love yep. it. I also want to let you know if, if you're interested in calling into the show. Now, we do record these, so it won't be live, but you can call in with your comment or your question. Uh, we would love that. And you can call in at uh, 573-884-6665 uh, and leave us a voicemail and we will be sure to check that and to get back to you. So kind of a new thing we're starting this year with our with our podcast. So I want to pick us back up where we were last week, friends. And I, I know we were talking about kind of the, the key skill sets uh, when we're thinking about this dynamic future of work. Mm-hmm. I think we ended talking a little bit about EQ. And so are there others as we kind of wrap that up, as we make that transition into thinking through how do we foster innovation now as kind of that big, we've been talking a lot about that, but that big key component. Any other any other key skills you can think of? Well, I, I think people are going to have to own it, hmm. right? And that means they're going to have to own their deadlines, you know, in this gig economy or uh, this global kind of environment that we're working. So I think it requires a lot of that responsibility. And so with things like time management, and meeting deadlines, I think, is going to be key, um, especially if you're working remotely, right? You, it's easy maybe to, you know, I'm going to go maybe take a nap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So you got you to gotta be responsible and get things done. So having that time management skills, I think, is important. I just got to ask, you know, when we were all home together, hearing that. At our own homes. At our, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like we were locked in together. I did not spend the pandemic with you. <laughs> <laughs> when we were all in our own homes, let me rephrase that, during the pandemic, did, did let's be honest, did any of us step away to do that? No. Of course. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? I, I think Mm-mm. I did a couple times. I was pregnant though too. So oh, I was you had a little. Yeah, yeah. I have no excuse. I just no. did. No, <laughs> no. I, except I'm not a napper. But you know, yeah. I'm on at oh, six fifteen in the morning. Thirty minute yeah. power nap yeah. for me. Oh which no, can change mm-hmm. my whole day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's I hear that, and I am a true believer in that. I'm. I would spend thirty minutes just trying to mm-hmm. convince myself to fall asleep. Fall asleep. Yeah. 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 That's a side note to it. I was just curious there. <laughs> but I have been known to do laundry. Uh, yes, I've done that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting up and walking yep. away, honestly, it's, even yes. if it you know, takes you seven minutes to do that, um, right. it's good for your brain. Yeah. 
I've also worn pajama pants to meetings. So there's that, yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, join in uh, with How our confessions. How vulnerable we are. I know, I know. with our con- true confessions of Zoom meetings. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think the time management piece is certainly a skill as we kind of think about this dynamic future of work. Um, one of the pieces I want to, and this was one in my research uh, that popped up, and I'm curious what your all's thoughts are on this, but it was talking a lot about needing that that um, clear understanding of like crisis management, right? Like nobody expected the pandemic to hit <laughs> and kind of having some of those things where you're like, oh, you know, the chances are of that occurring would be minimal, but having that particular skill set in preparation for the future. What are your thoughts on crisis management as a key skill? Well, again, if we're going to kind of work more in a gig type of economy and I'm going to be more responsible for myself uh, in that kind of an environment, um, things are going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then I need to be aware of how to handle that kind of thing. So I think it's, um, I think it's kind of important. Yeah, I certainly can see it. Yeah. You know, when I my my first feeling about that was why worry about problems you don't have mm-hmm. yet, or why try mm-hmm. to start solving a problem, you know, not from a, a client innovative, you know, employment aspect. But we if we're spending a lot of energy trying to solve problems that aren't there or, you know, that could take away some of that energy. And then I was like, but how well are we then leaning into and interviewing for and and um, promoting things like adaptability, flexibility? Mm-hmm. So when the ball does drop, whatever that metaphorical ball is, you know, in your organization, we're, we're adaptable, we're resilient. So I kind of think of those skills mm-hmm. more... Than the crisis than management. just crisis management, unless that is your job title. Sure. Mm. You know? yeah. sure. And first, some organizations, it absolutely is yeah. what yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think about the time you and I went up to do some work at the nuclear Callaway plant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to know that there's some crisis yeah. management folks <laughs> That's there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that know what they're doing. Yeah. 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 Thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. So one other I'd like to add to this list, yeah. though, is I think a never ending curiosity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We emphasize that so much in all of our trainings, you know, and what always amazes me and I never thought about it. And I use this as a story sometimes is how we have we lose some of that curiosity the older we get, um, you know, because we become comfortable with what we know and our level of competence. My my son came up to me. and I think I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast episode before, but he came up to me one day having something on his finger. And he looks, he looks at me and I, I'm just, I'm so convinced, my friends, I'm so convinced that it was a booger. Like, that's what I thought initially. Like, I'm like, okay, here it goes. All right. It wasn't last week we were talking about toilets and now we're talking about <laughs> I know. I know. You never know what to expect from our team. Uh, but he walks up and he's like, mommy, what is this? And I look at it and it's a piece of lint. And I'm like, oh, not so bad after all. <laughs> and he's like, what does it mean? And I was like, what does it mean? Like, it's a piece of lint, right? And he goes, no, what does it mean? And I said, well, it means mommy needs to clean the house. Go put it back where you found it. I don't have time for this, but that, I mean, that was a perfect shining example right there with my three-year-old asking me about a piece of lint. You just made me think of a activity. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
but yeah, when I'm when I'm considering this, it's just how can we, you know, really try and get back to that childlike curiosity that we have? Oh yeah, yeah. It's amazing um, how we get so comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, the habits that we develop over our lifetime, and those things provide us security, right? And it is sometimes insecure to go out and maybe learn something new yeah. or to explore something new and thinking about how it might you might bring that back to the workplace in some way, but. Um, you got to have that because if you're not being curious, your competitors are being curious. Absolutely. Yeah. So talking about this curiosity, and of course, we talked a lot last week, too, about the idea of innovation um, in this you know dynamic future of work. So what are some strategies if you have a leader who's really trying to create a culture of innovation? You know, working for an academic institution, I feel like we're always in that culture of innovation and, and understanding. What do you do? I mean... I, I would imagine first and foremost, it's leading by example, <laughs> right? Well, like any other leadership, <laughs> right? Know, lead by right. example, yeah. right? Yeah. So, how are you fostering that sense of, of innovation or creativity, right? Yeah. yeah. Communicate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we talk about expectations all the time, and you know, as you're onboarding people, and as you're reminding those that are, you know, on board already, you know, we want to be creative and collaborative, and you know, you're husband going around, walking around, I think you said last week with a light bulb, right? you know, like that's a visual reminder. I endorse creativity. Right. It might not be coming from my mouth, you know, as the leader, although he is extremely creative, but I endorse it. Mm-hmm. I promote it. And then you have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Meaning if there's crazy ideas, you know, yeah. you can't poo-poo everything. Right. You, you know, you have to allow it to make its rounds and and um, for people to kind of yeah. feel it out a it's, little it's bit. It's about the diversity of perspective and that diversity of thought. My goodness. Um, you think about those, those are the little kernels that turn mm-hmm. into something big and mm-hmm. that's the innovation that we're sometimes looking for. So, um Mining different perspectives um, is going to be a kind of a really important thing I think leaders can do as well and encourage their employees again, lead by example, but encourage their employees to 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 seek out those diverse opinions. Well, and what I what I really appreciate us saying here about this is is that it's so important to do it. But I also want to add kind of the accountability piece to it, because to be able to be innovative and creative and to, you know, be open to those new ideas, there has to be a space of psychological safety where people know, not just through talk, not just saying, oh, I I support innovative ideas, but through your actual actions. So when you're in a meeting and someone throws out an idea and someone else says, oh, that's crazy, that would never work, right? What are we doing as leaders to pause? Wait a second, you know, there's no crazy ideas here. You know, we're we're here to to listen to everyone's thoughts, and then we'll get to the point where we'll decide what the best thing is to move forward with. But ultimately, being able to step into those kind of candid conversations or even accountability moments of reminding people of that that team norm or team culture of innovation. Mm-hmm. So that I see that happen so much, and it frustrates me. And, and that's first another <laughs> thought for me is, um, you know, rewarding the risk takers. Yeah. Even maybe when they fail, you know, what did they learn from that experience? Right. Um, but allowing them to explore and allowing them to kind of take some of those risks uh, and not feel like they're going to be shunned or going to get in trouble for doing that. Um, that's, I think, another thing that leaders can do to 
mm-hmm. spur on more and more innovation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think to the degree that you can allow some natural consequences to come mm-hmm. from whatever innovation is before them, you know, you know, even if it's failure, that we often, I find, save people. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I really wonder where is the learning mm-hmm. in that? Um, you know, because it is from some of the biggest mistakes that we have some of our greatest inventions. Yes, yeah. true, right? True, yes. true. But you know, it'd be great if you know. To me, it's always um, it's always a failure if you don't get back and do some debriefing. You know, what'd you learn from that experience? So I think having those coaching conversations with employees as leaders is something that we can do as well. Uh, to kind of spur on that innovation. Let them know it's okay, yeah. you know, to kind of take risks, but what did you learn from it? Right. I think, too, one of the other pieces to this, talking about, again, you know, what are we teaching them and how are we, not that I want my people to fail, but <laughs> what am I learning from that? Allowing them to do so also creates a sense of autonomy and empowerment. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go forth, even though I might be knowing in my mind this <laughs> isn't going to work right. Um I'm going to let you go forth and find that out on your own. And and I can remember distinctly when I started here at MTI and obviously coming from the police department, it's a different kind of leadership style there. So I remember clearly the day uh, I had been probably a month in and I was copying Ray on every single email <laughs> that I was sending out to people, every single email. And she finally says, can you stop copying me on things? I don't need to know. I don't need to be on all of those. And I just thought, you don't, you know, but just letting me know that it was okay and that I could operate autonomously in that, you know, exchange in emails, which wasn't something that I was doing right. at CPD. So let me ask you this, though, Brianna, um, when you compare those two environments, mm-hmm. what was your behavior like, you know, in that non-empowered environment? Well, I don't, and I want to be careful because I don't yeah. want to say I wasn't empowered there. I think that there were a lot of ways they allowed me to be creative, but there was a general understanding of because we're representing, it's not just the Brianna show. I was representing the entire department mm. as the spokesperson there. Um, there. It made sense to me as to why people needed to be looped in on things. And so for me, though, I think the one thing is uh, that the clear distinction is I I really focused on kind of checking the box, if you will, like, okay, I've done that. Okay, I got them, I got the email sent to them. Okay, I informed them of this. And it wasn't necessarily like looking at an email that came in and trying to brainstorm for some creative or innovative way to approach that response. It was, I responded and I copied them on it, done, right? Mm -hmm. And then move on and then move on. And so I think that was the one thing as I come here, you know, and before I send an email now, because I have this opportunity to pause and to kind of reflect like, okay, what are all the different options here? It wasn't just responding. It's, you know, how can I respond? What's the tone going to be? What would this say? You know, what are the options here? I mean, there's just so much that kind of goes into it a little bit more that feels like I can, I can, I can make it sound like it's from me. (laughs) You know, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, it's a hierarchical, Mm -hmm. you know, very structured procedural um, for a good reason. It has to be. Absolutely. (laughs) For absolutely good reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And I loved, I, like I said, I loved my experience there as well. It just, it is, to your point. I'm so grateful I've had the opportunity to work through different industries because working in that environment for government, um, you know, I worked for the state and for the county also, and then coming to, you know, a, of course, education is a public sector also, but we operate very much like a small business. So kind of a private sector mindset too has allowed me the opportunity to really understand where my strengths are 
and how I get to utilize them day in and day out. You know, I think we've had a lot of great ideas on this, and I want to I want to promote kind of one really big idea here too, though. Obviously, not just because of what we do every single day, but how are we creating that learning? piece like that continuous learning piece is is an an element of even innovation or in some cases maybe even the culture of your organization so kind of making that transition from the innovation to the learning like culture how how do we do that as leaders well you got it set the example (laughs) we always can start there Um, so if leaders aren't um, continuously learning and and demonstrating that then um, other people won't either yeah. <laughs> you know, it just made me think of those times where I'm going to send my team to this training, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to come, you know, and I'm like, but that's one of our, that's one or, of our usual comments. Isn't or it? they're like, I'm the leader. I'm just going to sit in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, now you're just this voyeur, you know, I mean, they're like, the what black is your cloud, motivation, you know, yeah. right? <laughs> if you're going to come to the room, come to the table, right? Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like you all need the training. I've already got it. Yeah. We, we get that a lot on the evaluations where people will say, my uh, boss needs this. My boss needs this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I love, you know, one of the things when I started here that you all were very, very clear on, and obviously we we're a professional development organization, so, <laughs> but it was like making sure I had the time and the resources available to me to actually dive into learning and professional development. And I, I ask often in our supervisory certificate series, I'm like, how many of you knew about this series before someone else told you about it? And very, very rarely do they say, oh yeah, I knew about it, or I found it you know, in a Google search or whatever. It's usually by referral. Someone else has taken the course or someone's like, hey, you might wanna check this place out. And so to me, that's one of the things I've loved about working here is that you all have gotten me connected with things that I didn't even know were available or were options. And not only is it an expectation that, that we you know, utilize professional development funds for something we're interested in, the time to mm-hmm. do it is what you all also emphasize. Like, whatever you need, we'll pick it up. You know, if you need us to rearrange them, we can do that, but invest in this. Even with my master's program right now, you guys have been like that. I value that very much. And I, I think leaders, you know, if you're if you're gonna ask for it, if you're gonna, you know, require it, if you're gonna make it an expectation, you've gotta give it space. Yeah. Because you're, you know, in, in some ways you, you might be adding another element before it's intrinsic right. to your culture. And so in that way, what's what's gonna give? Right. You know, right. how, how are you going to flex um, if we're going to donate four hours a week, you know, yeah. to sharing our new learning or, you know, or to go on our personal, professional learning journey? Mm-hmm. You've got to give some space to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's a, what's one of your favorite professional development trainings you've ever been to besides ours? A couple of them that kind of come to yeah. mind. I, I really enjoy Clifton Strengths. I did enjoy mm. um, kind of getting to know that system a little bit better and becoming a certified coach there. Uh, another one that I really enjoyed was True Colors, even though I'd already been training it for a little while. But um, <laughs> but but the, you learn more, right, mm-hmm. when you when you kind of learn more about yourself. So I've, I've always enjoyed those opportunities. Even the even when we sat around and take the EQ yeah. uh, that one time, I, I enjoyed those kinds of things, uh, those assessments where I can learn about myself. I, yeah. can't, I can't wait to dive into your working genius, Dewey. I completed uh, it. I know. And I shared it with you, so I know. you should be able to pull <laughs> yeah. it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ray? Um, normally, if when I go to a training, so let's say another company similar you know, to do what we do, I'm, I usually just um, critique 
<laughs> the trainer. <laughs> you know, or I'm looking like, why did they choose this binding for the materials? Or you know, I, <laughs> so I'm 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 hard. You're that benchmarking. Way. Is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so I I guess on my own professional development journey, probably my executive coaching, mm. because it was not only was it in-depth and grueling and rigorous and all of those things, but um, it was very enlightening, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of opened my mind to a lot of different new way, things. New ways of thinking, right? Absolutely. Yeah. New ways of thinking. Yeah. And that's what we're going for here. Yeah. You know, so, you know, what else can leaders do to kind of foster, you know, that kind of thing? So one, I think is, you know, um, look for every opportunity. So can you bring a game in to a meeting or yeah. something to get people to kind of practice that? Um, I like, I like things like what ifing, what if this say was We the used case. to do a whole training mm -hmm. on innovative thinking. Yeah. Innovative thinking, problem solving versus decision making. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of things you could do just to kind of, it's like practicing getting those synopses in your brain working, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be able to get them firing. So those kind of opportunities, I think, are, are another way that leaders can kind of foster the idea of innovation and this culture of learning. And you know, when I think about this, I, I really imagine, obviously, every employee is going to need something different. And when I'm thinking about it from the leader's point of view, obviously, we've been talking a lot about the innovation aspect, the, the creating the culture of learning aspect. But when I think about the leader's side... I feel like leaders have to be really adaptable in their approach mm -hmm. to their style, mm. I mm -hmm. guess, if you will, in leading individuals, leading in situations, mm -hmm. right? There, there's kind of some different styles that are out there that, again, will speak to an employee maybe more effectively than some other styles. You know, what are some of the styles that really stick out to you? Well, the, the two that come to mind are the one that I know I um, default to mm. myself, mm -hmm. very aware of it. And that's that autocratic directive style. I'm very bossy. <laughs> I know it. I absolutely know it. But and then the one that I prefer, mm. which mm. is laissez-faire. Okay. Which is you know, go do your job, and if you have a problem, come see me. Right. And, and I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but I want to make it clear though that um, thanks for being honest, but yeah. that doesn't mean that that autocratic. Uh, leadership style is bad. Right. No, no, in no. Every right. It's just, right? it it's, can, you can pull that out every right. time without thinking. Right. 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 So no, there are some definite situations in where you need yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm good at making those hard decisions and doing some uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've never in the five years working under you ever felt that you were very much of an autocratic leader. Oh, you have to, you're there, just on air and. No, no, no. I, I, and I, and, well, I, I remember when I worked for and I, no. But here, but I think that after yeah. our time together, I think that you've also done a lot of, of change too. I mean, all of us have oh, yeah. in this time. And so when I think through this, I mean, you are like a, a coach through and through. And sometimes, especially with me, I feel like you lean a lot in the, like the affiliative kind of style, right? The paternalistic or coach or whatever you want to call that kind of style, um, you know, really kind of investing. And I know it's grueling sometimes for you, <laughs> but you, you, I feel like that's a default, at least in our conversation. So I, I I'm glad that. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I don't see anything wrong with the autocratic approach either. I think to your point, there's a time and a place for it. I operated under it, you know, when I worked in law enforcement. And there's a reason why. I don't want people sitting around saying, well, what do you think we should do? There's a burglar in the house. Should we go in? Yeah. Mm, well, let's wait till everybody gets here. Yeah. Right? Like, mm, not exactly. Right. So there's yeah. a time and a place for all of these. Yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your default, Dewey? What do you think? Um, let me ask you what I you think my default is. Uh, laissez-faire yeah oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i would agree so when we think about because you all have been doing this a while so some of the like most effective or least effective things about that particular style what would they be most effective is when you've got a really great team yeah hmm. and they're maybe they're they're subject matter experts um you know and they are well oiled if mm-hmm. you will um yeah get out of the way yeah. And you know, you're I work a with great two really smart people. So why would I want to get in their way and limit their thinking or limit their um, movement towards something? You know, you both are very responsible, very very creative individuals. I don't want to stifle that. Yeah. I'm going to get out of your way. But my job then really becomes about trying to help you. You know, mm-hmm. what can I do to support that um, rather than getting in the way? Mm-hmm. Is that your preferred? Like, if, like kind of oh, point, yeah, because then I don't have as much to do. No, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, no but I, I, I enjoy that, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, and it works for our team. It works yeah, for this environment. Does. Right. Um, I don't think it would always work at some place where we, like at the bank. Right. You know, that would not work in that environment too well. Um, you know, there's ours, there's some procedures when you're dealing with people's monies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that really requires some um, special attention. So uh, it, it's not that that, in, that would work in that environment. So again, it's about um, what is your environment like? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? Which of these, and oftentimes it's in the moment too, you know, what specifically is going on? Um, and you might have to be be versatile with these styles. Right. I think, you know, not only in the, the nature of the work itself, you know, thinking about police department, thinking about a bank, you know, and then thinking about an academic training, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. institute. Um, but with, you know, as I think about you, I couldn't be, you know, affiliative right off the bat. Like, right, you needed right. some structure right. and you needed those clearly defined goals mm-hmm. and you needed to have feedback that was helpful to move through things. And so, again, even in the course of your tenure, which I think is five years. Mm, Five years. Over five years now. Oh, my goodness. Five years Uh, in a month. That's right. (laughs) How how we lead the same person at different points in their career, I think, has to evolve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I have seen tremendous growth in you. Um, So, again, her needs change, right? So, um, our styles of leadership and guidance and coaching need to change as well. Yeah. And I can definitely see where, especially in those onboarding phases and things, and heck, even the first year I was here, um, you know, things were a little bit more, and I'm saying together wise, kind of more of that structured autocratic approach, if you would. But in the last couple of years, I mean, it's definitely like, yon yon. (laughs) I can't keep up, so I better celebrate it. Uh, but and it's been, I've, I've never experienced that before. So honestly, it's been nice. You know, when I think of some of the other different styles, um, one of the ones I really, when we think about, um, like, what would you envy? I think I would probably default to the affiliative style personally. But the one that I kind of envy, if you will, is the, um, the bureaucratic style. 
Like when I think about really that long term direction, I'm usually like down in the weeds and so thinking, thinking through the day to day tasks of things that maybe I'm not giving space to that 25,000, 30,000 foot view of something. And how can I create the vision to get people there? Uh, knowing that credibility is a key component to that as well. So that's one that if I really was working on my own leadership styles right now, um, that'd probably be one I'd lean into more. That's interesting because when I think of bureaucracy, that's the one thing I want to run away from. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I want to run away from layers and permissions and, you know, hoops. And again, I see a place yeah. for it, but that's usually yeah. I'm just like, <gasps> you know, they say the B word. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like it gets kind of a negative connotation because of that. But at the same time, I mean, I and I'm thinking going back to my working geniuses here, there is a need for that element of wonder or right, the W and working genius genius wonder and really having that that vision right it's got to start somewhere for the task to to go anywhere and so where where does that come from and how do we get that started um and that's just never been i'm more boots on the ground and <laughs> let's see this through well a lot of what you're talking about is the differences between strategies yeah. right at yeah. that thirty thousand feet view that you talked about and the actual tactics, tactics. that yes. were that need to happen mm-hmm. right um right um so you've been in that tactical right type of environment um but looking at this yeah. before again that 30,000 point view. Yeah, Lin Linchoni actually talks about it in terms of the three stages of work. Mm-hmm. So the there's six geniuses, there's two geniuses to each stage, and in the the first stage of work is actually that ideation stage. That's the stage we're talking about here. Um, and the second stage, which a lot of people forget about, is the activation stage. So you might have a great idea or concept against resonating at twenty five thousand, thirty thousand foot view, but how are you getting people? rallied around that idea or that change initiative. That's the activation phase. And then the final phase, which we always go to, usually from ideation, is the implement phase. Mm. Uh, and so thinking through, I, I resonate a lot in the implementation stage mm-hmm. of work. Because <laughs> that's the tactics. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's why I think change you know, organizational change and change management Mm -hmm. because we do go from idea to execution Mm -hmm. and we don't spend enough time building the, the business case, building the momentum, getting buy-in, you know, we're like idea, do it, you know? (laughs) And I, I don't think leaders often, and I don't mean just leaders in, in our own lives and heads. Sometimes we're just like, we, we forget how important that right that preparation that, is. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I love that we've been talking about with any of these styles is really that, again, that versatility or the adaptability component that is so important, again, based off the person, based off the situation. And so changing that even as the team matures too, because I think about, we mentioned it on our team specifically, but even the stages of of team dynamics that we've gone through. And sometimes it means we're going to have to go back to the autocratic approach. I think we have a, maybe a big addition that's, that's getting ready to happen here, future announcement uh, here at MTI, (laughs) you know, and, and for us, it's like, this is what's happening, done. Like, so that is more of an autocratic approach. And so being fluid and being able to, number one, understand what any of these styles mean and then be able to apply them based off of the person or the situation. Yep. So. Flexibility. I'm ha- telling you. The future yeah. is yep. the future yeah. work, yeah. right? Yeah. And well, you, know, I, you know, to, to that end, um, and if that's not your jam, mm-hmm. you know, that's where you've leveraged somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's a good you point. You know? That's where you, you know, 
again, it comes with that self-awareness of like, oh, I'm really struggling with this, you know, and, and then your, your person who's leaning into all of that, you know, they're like, okay, breathe, you know, it'd be okay, it'd be all right. We'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all not yeah. we, We've been through, you know, mm-hmm. 50 plus years, you know, of, of this, we'll make it one more day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. but use your partners, like leverage oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I think we do that really everything. pretty well here. We do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we do. I'm really, we're, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about these working geniuses. I'm now excited. That finished yours, Dewey, <laughs> so. um, what I want to do is we kind of wrap this piece up. I want to invite our listeners back next week. Uh, we will have a special guest on next week's episode. But as we're thinking through and a lot of what we just kind of ended on here, again, recognizing um, the individual differences that you people need uh, as leaders, we're actually going to talk to um, one of our good friends, Shatomi Lester Edwards. She's a regional director here at MU Extension in Kansas City. And so she is great and she's going to lead us through kind of how do we nurture the diversity on our team for future success. That's great. So tune back in next week. We're excited to bring that to you. And uh, by the way, we mentioned a couple books on our last episode. If you were interested in picking those up here, obviously we're based in Columbia, Missouri, local Barnes and Noble, give you 20% off if you mention the weekly workplace. So be sure to, to take advantage of that. And we will love your comments, your questions. Send them in to us, mti at missouri.edu or call our phone line. Uh, Leave us a voicemail at 573-884-6665. That's here in the United States. Um, And until next time, team, go be great. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Weekly Workplace. We hope you've been inspired, equipped, and ready to tackle whatever challenges come your way. But before you go, remember, the journey to success never stops. Keep grinding, keep growing, and keep striving for greatness. And hey, if you want to stay ahead of the game and never miss an episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications. Don't forget to leave a comment and let us know what you thought of today's show. Your feedback fuels our fire. Also, show us some love by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and fellow go-getters. Together, let's spread the knowledge and empower more professionals to reach their full potential. For even more tools and resources to elevate your career, check out the Missouri Training Institute. So until next time, keep hustling, keep learning, and keep dominating the workplace.